Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Oh, hey, hello. I am Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. And I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. Together we are the Cinebuds. And today we are talking about the movie The Batman. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. The newest Batman incarnation, directed by Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson, uh, takes place uh, in Batman's second year of fighting crime. So this is early in his crime-fighting career, and he's taking on the Riddler in this one, accompanied by Catwoman, a couple of favorites. Uh, But yeah, it's the newest incarnation of the Batman. So this version of the Batman with Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, has been getting a lot of very good reviews from what I have seen and heard so far yeah um it's this version is known as like the emo batman because robert pattinson is kind of a sad boy the whole time christopher pollard what did you think of the batman i think and i'm gonna choose my words real specifically here i think it's the best made batman we've ever had i think it's the best movie of Batman we've ever had. Wow. The only, the only, I I don't know why I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't know why I'm being so careful. It was fantastic. I thought it was really impressive. I will say there's other Batmans that have been more like entertaining because, you know, the fight scenes, it's all the big flash and what substance and everything. Um, But this one has so much more substance to me as a film. Wow. Yeah. You are going to have to explain that to me oh, because I got boy. out of this after three hours and thought, what is all this hubbub about? Really? What okay. Did, what did this movie offer that we haven't seen a Batman movie do a million oh, times? Oh my gosh. Everyone is saying it's it's dark and it's 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 a darker and grittier Batman. I'm like Batman is always dark and gritty. It's been dark and gritty for 10 years. You know, it is to me, this movie did like it. it, I just don't get it. It did nothing that any other movie has not done. I came out of it completely and totally underwhelmed. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, this could be a wacky conversation. I do agree that it's been dark the the whole time, but I realized last night that it hasn't like it's been dark for a Batman movie. It's been dark for like, a movie about a superhero, but it has not been genuinely dark like movies can be. And I'm not even as, I mean, the darkness, I will talk about visually the darkness and thematically, but mm-hmm. in very similar to how the Joker came out, this is more a movie about these characters and this people in this city than it is about a superhero. Like you can, it's obviously a superhero film cause it's Batman, but this was treated as if these characters were real, not come out, come off the page of a comic book. And I really well, feel like they were treated seriously, which was really interesting. So we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into we're gonna it, talk. let's say, uh, after the break. So stick around. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. 
More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. We all wish we can find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but have you ever considered that there might be one at the end of your driveway? That car, truck, or boat you don't need could power hours of your favorite on-air programming when you donate it to Radio Milwaukee. Pickup is free, and you can qualify for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars to learn more. Okay, Christopher, we are back. Oh, boy. And we are on opposite ends of the Batman here. Let's have at it. Let's have bat it. Let's have at it. Okay. <laughs> I I really would I would love for you to tell me what you love about this movie because sure. I I feel like I didn't think that the villains were great. Yeah. I didn't think that I didn't think that this portrayal of Batman was anything other than any other Batman that we've ever seen. And I would love for you to tell me why. It is different, and uh, what 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 you loved about it? Yeah, um, I, I'll say this. I'll start negative. Uh, <laughs> I thought Ro- <laughs> I thought Robert Pattinson was fine. I thought he was good, but it seemed less about him. He was the the tool to make it happen. But there weren't many moments with his character, and I think this could be one of the sticking points where you're like, oh, I really feel his torment. I really feel his. His journey, mm-hmm. everything like that. I'll be honest. Very understated. Yeah, and I, <laughs> which Batman often is. Let's be frank. Right. Um, yeah. I have said this before. I don't think Batman is a difficult role to play. Right. It has at least currently. <laughs> right. Look moody. Yeah. Speak infrequently. Whisper. Yeah. Exactly. It's about the action and etc. So it would be interesting. Oh my God. I know it would be interesting. There were so just kind of like in a funny thing about Robert Pattinson playing yeah. this. I think the funniest part of his portrayal was the several times where they just focused in on his eyes yeah. and there was so much mask covering his face yeah. that he just like the only thing he could do was kind of like widen his yeah. eyes a bit. Yeah, that's all you <laughs> can like, do. Oh also, they call him the emo Batman, and it's I think that is specifically because of his haircut, which may have been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Honestly, Every Batman is emo. What Batman yeah. has not been emo? Batman's like that is the character. Quiet. That's why like everyone was saying that it was so different and revelatory and it's so dark and he's emo. And I'm like, every have you seen Batman? There's never like a bright, charming, bright Batman. Yeah. I mean, honestly, his anyway, his, go on, go on ahead. I will, but I do want to just double state his haircut was an error <laughs> in judgment. That his haircut didn't read Batman to me, but um, mm. yeah, his performance is fine. I think again, it's not a hard thing to play. I don't think the performance of the Batman or the actor who plays Batman is the key to a good Batman movie. So mm. that's fine. But I will say, so the interesting thing about this movie to me is that it was shot as if the movie were seven, or if it were a serial killer film, or something that like, it, you know, a dark, gritty epic crime drama mm-hmm. that happens to be about a vigilante called that, that dresses like a bat, um, which is interesting. Cause there's moments where I'm like, this is weird to see Batman in a, in a context of like walking through a police scene, walking onto a police yeah. scene. He's usually in the background and you never see it. 
He was doing a lot of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it was like it was a big part, and I think I think fans will like it because it's a part of the detective part of Batman, which isn't played up as much as the action part. And like his the mm-hmm. first, I think the first appearance of Batman, I could be wrong, it was like World's Greatest Detective was the comic, and it's a lot about his intelligence and his detective ability. So it was about a detective tracking down a serial killer, and it was shot that way. The story developed in that way. There was a lot of what I really liked about it was that Gordon and him were sort of partners. They were like they were like yeah. police partners. Batman is a cop in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's a detective, and I thought that was interesting and different. And I also another thing that made it more grounded is that all the gadgets and the vehicles and the Batcave mm. were all more sensible, sort of. I mean, yeah. before you get yeah. into that, oh, yeah, can yeah. I get into Please. into that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that, like Batman being a police officer, yeah. I think I think that one of the issues that I have with it is that there is this, there is what I see as a very thin area that Batman has with him being he's so dark, he's like he's so angsty, and uh, yet. He has this sense of morality that he like ensues guns and won't use guns right. um, because he has this like morality about him. So there's like you can't if he broke through that like optimism and that like and that his like not using guns is in favor of this belief that the criminal justice system will hold accountable corrupt police officers and politicians, which. I it just ain't buying. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I just like in 2022, I think that this like Batman's like belief that the social justice system will hold accountable police officers and politicians, I think does not, I think well, it does not read. No, you're right. But I'll say that it seems like you're taking that to like a conclusion. It's not implicit in the film that he's really. He's really uh, like, oh, law and justice will prevail. It's just he doesn't use guns. He doesn't want to murder anybody. I don't think that you that can't is, take it to but the that next. Is, it is, but it is the justice will, justice will, uh, you know, will punish this person. I mean, that is. I mean, it, it, it's not like he's going around going, uh, let the police handle this or, uh, the you know, take it to the, re- to the due process. <laughs> he's not like, like really holding that. But that is once he gets the bad guy, he's like, we need to hold this person in due process. Well, well I mean, yeah, again. And not, and not, you know, okay. I'm just uh, but, saying but he's any, not like saying it out loud. You're you're saying I don't want to murder someone. But that is the equals implicit. I will I believe in in the system is a little different. Listen, I don't want to murder anybody. I don't want to murder anybody and I don't I know, believe in the I system. <laughs> I know. But that is his like big villains he wants to hold accountable and he wants the social justice system to hold accountable. I think that it would be a real breakthrough. I yeah. think you could say we genuinely have a new Batman. This is a new era. This is something really different. Yeah. If he was like, screw it, I'm murdering people. Sure. You know, <laughs> if, he, if he was like, I am giving up this system of morality that I've yeah. held through the entire thing. I, I think I was like waiting for that. Or yeah. if I think if that were to happen, it would be like, wow, this is new. This right. is wild. Where does he go from here? But I thought this movie just was so in all of the things that Batman's always in, it never, it never broke any of those. Yeah. So that was, that was like a, a, 
you know, uh, coming out of the movie, I thought that it didn't offer anything that Batman hasn't done in that way. It never had a moment where it was like, this is new for Batman. I, I, I'll tell you what, I agree with you 100%. I mean, that I agree 100% because there is a strength, there is a storyline in the comics and there are eras in the comics and his story where he does do that, where he's like, nope, that hasn't worked. I'm just, I'm judge, jury, and executioner, which not that mm-hmm. I'm pro- proposing that that's a great idea to do in general, but in right. a movie, and I, and I would either, love to yeah. see it in a movie. <laughs> right. I love it in a movie right. that would, you're absolutely right. That would be a huge departure and a brave departure because that character is held up to right. such a standard. Uh, maybe not even by the truest fans. I think the truest fans would love it, but I think it's such a entity, a business entity now that you could almost never do that. I mean, they unless you had like an independent film of Batman. Right. And I think if you could, so if you don't do that, yeah. and also if you don't, go brighter with the character, you know, it, then if you're, if you're at Christian Bale, dark Knight, and you won't, you know, you, you want to hold up that system morality there, the, the area to go grittier or darker is so thin that that is where this lies. And to me, there is just like, it is a, it is a shade of gray that is imperceptible to me. Okay. So the, okay, this is good. This is interesting because I thought, the same about the Christian Bale ones. I'm like, oh, you can't get darker than that. And like I said before, they did for me. They and this is how they did it. They made it less about the comic book superhero part of it and more about the the crime, the 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 crime and the and the investigation part of it. And like, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna find Batman as a murderer, and that is would be a bold departure, and I would love it. But this mm. this did something interesting for me. Is that like I said, they treated it like it's not a superhero film. So, mm-hmm. and when you say they can't go brighter, you're- they did go like the first movies, the Tim Burton ones. You're not going to go brighter than that. Those are silly. Essentially, I like them very much for what they are. But they're comic booky, they're cartoony in the way they're presented. Even that was mm. considered dark at the time, which is hilarious because you look at them now and it's neon essentially. You're right, and it, this one is so true to life that <laughs> I found it funny when he walks into the crime scene, and it's so realistic, yeah. and it's just also real. And then here's like a six foot man wearing a bat cape. Sure, <laughs> I was like, I was like, if you're gonna make this so real that it is like believable that this is happening. This guy just looks goofy. <laughs> well, it's interesting. They it, so what they do with the penguin is a great example. Yeah, I mean, I don't totally disagree. It's a little silly at first, but it, I got used to it right away. Um, especially how they film it, which I want to get to at some point. Um, mm. But you take the penguin; they took a character that is one of the cartooniest characters in that. Yeah, and they changed the real real. What's that? Yeah, they made him just this gross, scarred up, yeah. you know, crime boss. Totally agree. Which Colin Farrell played him. I'm not 100% sure why they had to disguise him so, like, it was impressive makeup. Like, you would never have thought that that was not a person. I did not look it up, and I was, the whole time I was thinking, who is that? Yeah. And until you just said Colin Farrell, I did not know that that was Colin Farrell. It's, it's like, it's almost just like they said, you know, we can do this, so let's do it, because there wasn't any reason yeah. to disguise him that much, but it was impressive. Like I would never have known that was not a real person. 
like the makeup, I yeah. mean, it is a real person, but the makeup was so convincing. Um, and then they had, Cat. I do like what they did with him. Yeah. And Catwoman, she doesn't have full cat outfit on. It's like, it's sort of mildly implied. So other than the Batman right. outfit, they did a lot of stuff. And I will say the villains in this, uh, Falcone, which is just sort of this crime boss played really well by John Turturro. And then you have yeah. the Riddler, which is it, the Riddler, that whole thing, even when you see him on video and then eventually when you reveal him, he genuinely played that terrifying. I kept thinking about the movie seven when I was watching it. Cause I'm like, really? Yeah, absolutely. It was sh- scary. I was scared in moments. I just kept on seeing like, Paul Dano, like getting his milkshake drank well, by Daniel Day Lewis. That's on you, man. Like, <laughs> I the the Riddler did not come through to me. Oh, interesting. I thought it was like a really scary villain. Like I, the Riddler is such a silly. Uh, and again, I I like the, but it's intended to be like silly and fun, like. But this was right. like a straight up and corny and corny. I mean, like yeah. Riddler is like the corniest villain, right? And and oftentimes it is very hard to play that character right. and very hard to like look at that character in the comic books and think like, oh, this dude is just freaking corny, right? And then I feel like in this one, like his head wrapped up, he's got the glasses on too, which is like sort of disconcerting. The the clues that he's given were, were really, I thought, really interesting. The way he kept leading Batman along, and then the reveal—he's just this very disturbed and psychotic, like skinny young man who's like mm. set aside. It genuinely, I, I genuinely was frightened by it. Like, I mean, not to a not, not in like a horror film kind of way, but like a. Like again, I can't stop comparing it to Seven or Zodiac or things like that. But uh, the uh, yeah, yeah. I I didn't feel that. I thought John Turturro. I liked him as a villain yeah, in this, as good. someone who did have a lot of like believable, um, you know, believable backstory and kind of like reasons why he did things. Yeah. Um, uh, and John Turturro is just a legend. Yeah, you know? he is. Um, and I and I like Paul Dano a lot, but I I think you know. Some of the, I think some of the greatest villains are really revel in being a villain. Like, you know, the, you know, Heath Ledger, even like Bane, like those were fun villains who were big Mm -hmm. and charismatic and really kind of like loved the idea of being a villain. And I didn't think that this version, you know, especially when people are talking about this being like such a great version of Batman. Yeah. I thought that this villain didn't really stick a, just didn't really like hold a candle to and some of the other villains in other Batman movies. I thought it was fine. I, I like it was it was okay. I I like understood the character and where he came from, how he was wronged, how he would want to right, write right. it. You know, some of the like plotting, but it didn't stick through as like that is a, a villain that I am. Yeah. You know, but I that think I that's love. interesting because you're using the word villain and understandably in the context of a superhero film, villain is like the word mm-hmm. you use. But mo- again, because this movie seems like a, almost a different genre, I'm calling him the murderer. Like he's like the killer. He's the, he's not like a fun. No, it's not a fun, fun villain to watch play out and he see him revel in it. Mm-hmm. It's he's a disturbed person. He is a serial killer with a, he's a psychopath, but he doesn't understand, you know, his reality is broken. That's the reality of this as opposed to the Joker. Who's like, 
woo, you know, Jack Nicholson shooting a toy gun off, that's going to be a very different type um, than this, who's more, again, more uh, more mental. Like, the, it's, it's more of a mental issue rather than it is a fun, I'm going to revel in it. He doesn't know he's reveling in it. Though there are moments where he does, where he looks out and he's, I, I love the scene where the explosions are going off and you see Paul Dano just mouthing the word boom every time one goes off. Like he has these mm-hmm. moments of it, which harken back to the, the kind of original style, but you still see the the psychosis of him. Yeah. I just like don't really love a villain whose central, you know, personality trait is mental illness. Yeah, it's too real. It's too <laughs> it's too real. But I mean, to be fair, even the ones that are fun, I mean, the if you dig down, I mean, anyone who does mm. things on that scale has a mental illness. Probably, I do also want to talk about the 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 shooting of this film. I um I still I like ha- just have to say that I I just don't love the portrayal of inner city life. To me, it's like Batman's continual portrayal of inner city life has always been problematic and it continues to be problematic that life in a city is drugs. It is crime. And that is it. That is all that happens in a city. I know like my, you know, people that I know and love who live outside the city of Milwaukee, which I live in, you know, see it and think of it as Gotham. And I think that, uh, I think that that portrayal of inner city life is problematic and uh, continues to be. Hmm. Yeah. I, how would you, how would you solve that? I guess is what I want to know. Like, uh, I don't know. Stop making Batman movies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, but that's not a, that's not a problem that is solitary to right. Batman movies. Right, right, right. That's but like I, how I you make that, a movie. I think, the, I think the way that you do that is like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you know, like Spider-Man, he lives in Brooklyn. He interacts with the area. He sees people that he interacts with. He loves them. He knows his block. You know, he, he loves the city. That's why he protects it. That's why he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, like he is a neighborhood guy at the end of the day. And I think that that shows that he loves this city. And Batman is like seemingly protecting this thing for no reason that, hates him that he hates that has zero redeemable qualities that is an interesting idea because there's two things about that is one uh, i mean i think it's you're gonna you you have i think it's about um like an equality like a balance because you have movies like spider-man you have movies like batman you should be able to show crime happening in a city because it does does but it also happens in the country. And we have movies that show that too, but I think there's a balance problem issue probably. It's also that I've not never the really only considered. thing that happens in the city. And it also doesn't happen as much as good things happen. You know, that's true. That's true. But Gotham, the other thing I was going to say is Gotham in every incarnation of the Batman on TV or anything, Gotham is the worst city ever. It is. The, it's the worst city you've ever seen. Just because it's always been a problematic portrayal doesn't mean that that, you know, makes it any better to me. No, yeah, you're right. But uh, it is the worst city ever. I mean, that is that is the point, and I think that that gives a cartoonish view of what a city is to people who do not no, live in the city. I'm not, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I'm <laughs> know, just finding it, I'm finding it hilarious now that I think about it. How, like, why wouldn't you just let's move? <laughs> right? Let's, uh, this city is zero redeemable qualities. 
as far as I know, there's no daytime. There, in, in <laughs> and it is always raining. The only, yeah, it's always raining. And the only daytime I've ever seen is like dusk when it's like, when mm-hmm. it feels like, uh oh, we better get inside. Right. Um, yeah. No, it is, it's really funny that Gotham is like the worst city ever. So you need this intense hero to help it. And he loves it. Uh, he does love it. He loves the darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, qu- I'll just quickly say about the darkness is I usually don't like a movie that's visually so dark that it's almost hard to just tell. like movies are so dark now. There is just, they are. Yeah. They are so it's like all and when them. this start, when this one started, I was like, Oh boy, this is going to be hard to pay attention to. I, but I did not find that in this one. It is very dark visually, but whoever did the lighting in this movie, I think was a genius. I genuinely, it was like, <laughs> first of all, I said, I said when it started, I'm like, oh man, this movie hates a lamp. Right. Uh, forget forget lamps. Why not? Is there overhead lighting in any of these rooms? But there was a beautiful scene. It was genuinely beautiful where he's Batman is going through a pitch black corridor, and all you see is the light from the gunshots. And the way that was played out, and it was that very was, small. And, that was great. That was, it was really cool. Yeah. That was a beautiful scene. And I, I don't want you know, I don't want people to take away that I hated everything about this movie because there are yeah. there are things that I liked. I thought that that scene was beautiful. I think the yeah. Ave Maria kind of like continued the way it started with this Ave Maria, and that the way right. that that note like continued to come back through. I thought was great. Um, there are yeah. things that I liked about it, including that scene. I that scene where it's just lit up by the gunfire. I think is so incredible, incredibly done. And they also bookended the film with two, I believe, two different uh, Nirvana songs, which. I also thought it was very appropriate for the film. I um, they could use something a little more contemporary, but whatever. This whole thing oh, happens. No. You know, his parents die in like 2001. They pick a band that, you know, was done like 20 years before that. Oh, it didn't matter. It it, it felt right. It felt dark. It, it felt gritty and somber because they took, they took two of the most somber of, of Nirvana songs. And it, for me, I loved it. Uh, but the, anyway, to go back to the lighting, is despite how dark this film is, I never lost track of what was happening visually, which is hard to do when you make a film that low light. Mm. And I thought that really helped. I think it helped add to this this mood and this drama while still making it very clear. And there's been a lot of Batman movies that have done that poorly. Like yeah. I don't know who's hitting, I don't know who's punching who. I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know where that person <laughs> right, is. Right. Uh, but I thought this was excellent. I, I would just say one more thing on that. Um, I one thing I find ugh, is just like how impenetrable Batman is. Just like how yeah. bulletproof this man is. His half of his face is showing. There's just machine guns on him. He's constantly he got shotgunned in the chest, and right. he got he there an explosive blew up. In his face, which sure, just sure, has sure. just leather over the top of it and completely mm-hmm. exposed on the bottom, and not so much as a scratch on that chin. It just yep. like I know that that's part of the superheroes. I know yep. you just have to accept the fact that they can't get hurt. But if you're making a movie that is so based on the reality of the character, like you, you know, like these things that happen. Just are so outside of the scape of believability that it loses me. You sounded a few times during that like a carnival barker, and I, <laughs> got, I got a little distracted. I I followed it, but I was like, "Hey, step right up, step right up." 
I will say that the the most disconnect, you know, the suspension of disbelief uh, yeah. thing, the hardest time I've had with that was during, I think, uh, one of the worst of the Die Hard movies. I forget which. But he launches <laughs> a motorcycle into a helicopter, which is great. Yeah. Great. Do that. But he, all you had to do was create a mild incline right. to launch it from, and I would have suspended my disbelief all day. But he did it. He launched it from a flat vertical wall. That doesn't make sense. Right. It just would have hit the wall. Right. I, I was like, oh, that was the laziest thing I've ever seen. A- ever since then, I, I'm like, listen, I'll believe anything else I see. In, in the <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I want. I also want to say a couple of things that this <laughs> is the first Batman to literally have Oscar buzz and specifically a year, more than a year before the next Oscar show. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> it's it's getting Oscar buzz. It's getting a lot of technical Oscar buzz, but it is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. And they have two more projects coming off. the The director's already said, even though it hasn't officially been announced, they're going to work on a second one. God, when at the end, when uh, th- when a villain comes in, I'm like, oh. I know that is a, that's a for, always for a me. trap. It's always a trap. But uh, the person that they have slated for it is very interesting um i will say but they have what do we have we've got two villains in this universe you know like oh there's plenty plenty. oh i know oh i don't disagree i'm kind of there's too many there's been so many jokers done so many different ways that i would love for them to move on to a different one but that's the one that that's the one that sells baby um they're going to do two shows uh, that come off of this film. One about the penguin uh, that Colin Farrell will be, uh, he'll be continuing his performance as the penguin. And then Jeffrey Wright, who I love, he's like one of my favorite actors, Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon or commissioner Gordon. I don't know what part of his career we're in uh, is going to have a series as well, which, and I think both of them are going to sort of be, placed after the aftermath of the flood of Gotham, which could be really interesting if they do it well. And I imagine based on the scale of the movie, that would be really cool, but it's interesting to have a film, a big film, have two shows come off of it and then go back into a sequel, which I don't recall that's been done before. That'll be interesting to me. That's just them being like, how do we, Oh, you don't care for it. You don't care for it. How do we make this audience do the most work possible? Oh, this is see. I'm a proponent of not lazy audiences, but that's just me. Apparently, well, I, I would just like to as consume a, one thing in my life that isn't franchise. You know, like, as a if I have fan to, of Dream Loungers, <laughs> I know you Peter, love the laziest thing I, possible. I, I, I do. do. I do have to tell you, to a person, I was in a dream lounger this time. I could not make it to Milwaukee, unfortunately, but I had to be in a dream lounger. And uh, two people next to me, the uh, woman had a blanket and a pillow with her. Yeah, the movie is three hours long, Christopher. Three hours. Then don't go. Stay home and sleep on your own bed. Wish I could have done that. Listen, I'm not one of these people who's like, you have to wear a vest and a pocket watch to go to the train. <laughs> but, you know, put clothes on and don't bring your sleep accoutrement to the theater. I ain't judging. I ain't judging. I'm jealous. Well, you're not at all. You want to eat pizza off your own chest and That's push it in your face while you sleep. correct, my friend. 
lay flat in the Sounds bed. Sounds great. You're like, oh, the, the, the audience must be uncomfortable, uncomfortably alive to watch my film. Every gentleman must wear a cap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I didn't think sitting up was going to be such an old-fashioned notion. Sit up, man. You're in, you're not at home. It's gross. No, lay back. The movie's three <laughs> hours long. You're going to need yeah, it. Just stay home, but right. don't, because Batman was brilliant. The Batman in theaters now. That is the conversation. Oh, there's more, man. Don't you? All <laughs> right. Here's part two of that main oh, conversation. All right. I am pumped for this segment. Let's get into it. Um, our time for our favorite segment. It's what else we've been watching. Christopher. What else? What else have you been watching? I watched um, the movie Fresh that people have been chatting about. It's with uh, Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. It's this sort of horror thriller um, about a woman who gets captured by a terrible man and he sells people's flesh, human flesh oh to people, other people. God. Yeah. I it's have real not gross. even heard of this. Yeah, it's I've seen it on a letterbox. A bunch of people I know have been watching it and we ended up watching it. It's it's pretty good. It's it's creepy. What's it in a really messed up um I don't remember what platform it's on. Um it may have been on Hulu, I don't recall. But it is uh very sinister. Uh it's very cathartic. It reminded me of Hard Candy if you've ever seen that. Mm. It's a it's this sort of um, yes dastardly horror thriller that's uh, also very gross. Uh, <laughs> but if you like that kind of thing, I, I would highly recommend. K. Polly advocates for selling human flesh. Title of this episode: Only to be eaten. <laughs> Christopher Pollard loves eating human flesh. Advises others it. to do so. This is like that sketch on SNL where yeah. everything. <laughs> everything yeah. Um, yeah. Now I know you're. You must be excited about something because you're chomping at the bit. I think you is this based I'm on your? Uh, is this based on your Instagram post the other day? On our Instagram post. Uh, oh, on the Cinebuds podcast Instagram post, which you should follow today. Which you should follow. I did a little preview for our for the yeah. Instagram fam. So, um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram. It's Cinnabuds Podcast. And um, I, yeah, could not resist about talking about this one early because I loved it so much. I, I did love, I loved the little clips and the images oh. that you showed. So the movie that I watched was Closely Watched Trains. It is 1966, Czechoslovakia, based on the book um, by Velklav Havel, I believe. And uh, um, the movie was absolutely stunning. I thought that I had watched it before because I read the book like a long time ago, um, but I don't think I actually ever watched the movie. And if you have never seen Closely Watched Trains, if you love Wes Anderson, I have never seen a movie that was so tightly connected to Wes Anderson does. And I was yeah. like, he must, like this is the template for Wes Anderson. I've never seen anything where like, I think, like, Wes Anderson is kind of so singular. He is, like, so different that I feel like it's hard to kind of pick. Like, you can pick. Elements of his style. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elements. Yeah. 
elements of the style. And but this movie was like it had those straight on shots that are great. It had the cuts that he has. It had like the dolly shots, but even more than kind of like individual visual um, parts of it. The thing that it had that Wes Anderson, you know, picks up on is the tone. It had that kind of like, this is a serious movie. It is a serious love story, but it's also melodramatic and funny. And that is like what's funny about it is how serious these people are about something so silly. And I was so charmed, so in love. Absolutely loved every single second of Closely Watched Trains. That's awesome. It looks uh, – it. It, like I said, the what you posted was really appealing, and I, the title sounds familiar, but I don't think I'm familiar with this film at all. So I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, I like read the book in college. Like, I took some class about uh, Eastern European descent, and it was uh, like, and so so I read that book, and I thought that I had watched it, but um, yeah, big. It was a big movie at the time in 1966, and it won an Academy Award for Best Foreign Film. It was on the Criterion, like put together a collection of uh, foreign film winners. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I should watch all of these. Um, so glad that I started with this one because it was just so freaking good. Oh, that's really good. Can I do one more? Yeah. I saw a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a long time or uh, that just came out last year called Titane. Oh, God, the French horror movie. Yes. Isn't have it you a horror? I have not seen it, but I remember when it came out, I think I might have asked you if you wanted to do it, but I didn't know much yeah. about it. And it wasn't like screening anywhere in Milwaukee or it had like, yeah, it wasn't, the week it wasn't out that for it was screening was, had like passed, but like now it's on Hulu as a couple of my friends have watched Oh, that's it. right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's Julie, uh, Julia DeCorno who did Raw, which came out uh, 2016, which Raw was a really messed up and brilliant horror film about a woman. Another cannibal film. Man, I see all the cannibal films. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take them all. But uh, Tatane is definitely, it should be featured the next time we do a weird movies podcast. Okay. It's it's one of the weirder ones I've seen lately. I'll say that. And that is what and, I've heard too. Yeah. It's uh, horror. So, it is sort of a horror film in, in a vague way. It's just so bizarre. Um, and I genuinely, I was posting on Letterboxd. I didn't, I didn't know how to rate it. Mm-hmm. Like I liked it. I liked it. But I was like, I don't know how to rate this. Cause I'm so boggled by all the different elements of strange things that are happening in this film, but it was impressive. I mean, it's, it's it, at the very least, it's like something you should see just to go. What? I'm sorry. What? Yeah, we should. Uh, we should save that for a weird episode. Definitely. I, I don't want to talk too much about yeah. it, but it's it's uh, it's been a while, and I was really craving a, just a bizarre movie. I didn't even know this was going to be that bizarre. I thought there was an odd premise, uh, but I I thought it was you know just going to be a good film about this particular odd premise. But nope, it goes down <laughs> it goes down a hole that I was not expecting. Love that. Uh, and yeah, absolutely absurd. So. It's interesting to check out, I think. All right. We should do we should do weird up ep- we should do weird movies again. We should. Yeah, I think it's We're due. Uh, we're due. Yeah, we're due. I might have to watch a, a couple of hair. <laughs> yeah. Um All right. The Batman and other stuff. This has been Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Huzzah! Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author Brett Newski. 
the news. We get support from Associated Bank. Beautiful. We also get support from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Also beautiful. And is there someone else I'm forgetting? I don't think so. I think we can wrap it up. I think that's great. Okay, that's it. Bye. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. Bye. 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 Bye.